0: The following is a sponsored program paid for by First Alliance Credit Union. Welcome to Good Money Moves featuring Jenna Tobel from First Alliance Credit Union and Andy Brownell. Here's Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM.
1: Good morning. Welcome to Good Money Moves on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. I'm Andy Brownell and I am joined, of course, by Jenna Tobel. Director of Brand and Digital Member Experience at First Alliance Credit Union. Good morning, Jenna.
2: morning, Andy.
1: That's a mouthful.
2: It is a mouthful.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, in our last episode, you took us through a personal finance crash course, I guess, and we covered anything and everything, budgeting, credit scores, taxes, insurance, on and on and on.
2: Yeah.
1: What's our money topic for today?
2: Yeah, we really did do kind of a rapid fire through some really core financial literacy topics that everyone really does need to know last week. Um, And in that conversation, I had briefly mentioned the 50-30-20 budget. And I've also talked about this type of budgeting approach um, in other episodes as well, just very briefly. Um, Today, I wanted to really just dig in and take a bit more of a deep dive into this budgeting method that's continued to kind of gain popularity over the last few years. So, um, you know, so this budgeting concept actually was introduced back in like 2006 in a book titled All Your Worth, The Ultimate Lifetime Money Plan, and it was written by Elizabeth and Amelia Warren. Um, And yes, that is Elizabeth Warren, the senator um, this was before her political career that she was a, a financial, um, I guess, guru, for less, lack of a better she term. She was a
1: professor at some university, mm-hmm. if I remember yes, right. Yes,
2: that as well. Yes. And and same with her daughter. So they, they wrote this book coming from a, a knowledgeable place and they based it on research. Um, but in the book, they kind of laid out an approach to getting in control of your money so that you can finally start to kind of build the life that you've always wanted. That was kind of the idea behind the book. Um, And kind of the the quote-unquote secret is actually really simple. It's just get your money in balance. That was kind of the core idea behind this budgeting methodology. And the the book kind of shows you how to balance your money into three essential parts, the must-haves, the wants, and your savings. And the reason that this budget concept has continued to kind of gain popularity year over year is because it doesn't really require you to have this complicated budget or account for every single penny that you spend along the way, the same way that other budgeting methods might require. Um, so the 50-30-20 the budget is really just designed as a rough rule of thumb initially for kind of working class families to help them plan their spending in order to prepare for the future and unforeseen circumstances that arise without feeling really restrictive or having unrealistic expectations about spending.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I guess let's dig into it. Maybe Jenna, you could outline for everyone how it actually works. And I guess, what does the framework look like exactly?
2: Yeah. So the 50-30-20 rule budget only requires you to track and divide your expenses into those three main categories, the needs, wants, and then kind of a savings or debt category. So this really just kind of reduces the amount of time that you ultimately spend detailing your finances, and it allows you to focus more on the big picture instead. So how this works when you break it down into these categories is 50% of your income should go to your needs. Now, needs are expenses that you absolutely must keep in your budget no matter what. So, things like housing, utilities, transportation, healthcare expenses, and at least the minimum payments on all debts that you have. And then, of course, any bare minimum for things like basic clothing or living supplies. Now, the 30% number of that 30%, that's your income that you can use for your wants and other flexible spending needs. That's actually quite a bit when you think about it compared to how you might structure that in a different budgeting method. Yeah. So, now it, to be clear, so your wants are the expenses that you choose to spend your money on, but that you don't need in order to live life at a basic level. Right. So that can include things like dining out, um, alcohol purchases, you know, cable TV or subscription TV packages, internet. Well, I might count internet as a utility these days, to be honest with you. May, back in 2006, it was probably not considered <laughs> that. But I, w- I would honestly say that's a, that's a need at this point, just given the, how our society functions. Um, but just pleasure shopping trips, vacations, gym memberships, those are all things that would fall into that want category. Sure. Um, now, it is really easy, and we've talked about this before on the show as well. It's really easy to make mistakes between what what are your wants versus your need. So a really simple way to kind of help determine if something is a need or a want is to ask yourself, could you live without it if you absolutely had to in order to get by? Now, if you could, it's a want and not a need. So that's if you're not sure where to bucket something, <laughs> just think about <laughs> it that way a little bit um so that last so that was the 50 the 30 and then the 20 percent of your income should go to things that would be considered financial goals around savings or a debt payoff that's really what this last category is okay so you can use this money to build up an emergency fund save for a down payment on a home invest for retirement or pay off student loan debt credit card debt more quickly than what's required, right? So remember, those minimum payments on all those debts go into the the needs category. You have to pay those. So anything above and beyond that to help you pay off debt more quickly would fall into this 20% bucket, Okay. right? So for instance, extra payments on credit card debt or mortgages to pay it off faster in that 20% bucket. And the reasoning behind this is that not making at least those minimum payments on your debt would negatively affect your credit, right? So, for debt like credit cards, that would end up costing you additional money in the form of interest. So, you absolutely have to make your minimum payments. That's not a that's not a want or a goal. That's just uh, you need to do it.
1: Okay. So anything above that, though, yes, goes into this twenty yep. percent savings debt down payment thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it seems pretty straightforward. Um, I guess, uh, how do you, I don't know, how do you get going on this? How, how do you get started and how do you develop uh, or implement this kind of budget?
2: Yeah, so that's a good question. You know, and we've, we've kind of talked about this before on the show. So most people save too little and unknowingly spend too much. It's way too easy to do. It is, it is, it's when, especially when you're not being conscious of what you're doing. So, the 50 30 20 kind of rule is a way to become more aware of your financial habits and help limit that overspending and undersaving, right? So, by spending less on the things that don't matter to you as much, you can save more for the things that you do. Um, so, here's kind of how that works and how you would really start to frame this out for yourself. So, okay. the first step is really to calculate your monthly income. Um, and you do this by adding up how much you receive in your bank account each month. So we're looking at your take-home pay, right? Not, not what you can't calculate it based on, well, I worked you know, X number of hours and I make this, and this is what I should be getting because that doesn't account for things like taxes and other, other withholdings. Okay,
1: here's have. a complicating so, factor in all this, though. Mm-hmm. So my take-home pay, if I'm getting money taken out of my check for a 401k retirement account, do, does that 401k factor into that
2: 20%? That is a great question. And yes, so if you have a workplace retirement plan or you're paying healthcare premiums, you're going to want to find out how much is being withheld for the month from your paychecks and add that amount back in with your take-home pay amount. Okay. So that, right, so for example, let's say you and your spouse have a total of $5,000 de- deposited into your bank account each month for your jobs total. You both check your pay stubs and see that a total of $500 was taken out for 401k in healthcare costs, right? So when you add that big back in together, that then brings your monthly income up to that $6,000, right? 500 each. So, Excellent. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So you do want to can take those into consideration when you're kind of budgeting. Okay. Yeah. So the next step, once you've kind of figured that piece out, is to calculate that, that spending threshold for each of those three categories, right? So you multiply your take-home pay by 50.50 0.50 for your needs, 0.3 for your wants, and 0.20 for those financial goals. So to really see how much you should ideally be spending in each category. So using that previous example of that $6,000 income for the family. Right, so that 50% of that would be $3,000, right, including the cost of the health care coverage in there. Then the, that wants category would be about $1,800, and then the goals would be about 1200 And again, including that dollars that you've already kind of contributed to that 401k.
1: Yeah, put them back in at that point.
2: Yes, because you want to, and, and the, the logic behind this is, you want to make sure that you are kind of minimum- meeting that 20% threshold. And you might be doing that just with your 401k alone. And maybe that is helps you get to the goal that you're trying to get to, but maybe that means that you need to back off that a little bit and buffer in for an emergency, to build up an emergency fund, right? Because sure. you do still need that on top of that 401k spending. So it really just kind of helps break out, this is where my money is truly going in a very simple way. Yeah. So, you know, the next step is then you have to really plan your budget around these numbers that you've determined. So you want to kind of think of these three categories as buckets that you fill with monthly expenses. So you list and tally your monthly expenses under the category that each kind of falls into and see whether you're spending less than the monthly targets that you really established in that prior step. Um, and then, of course, going forward, once you have this kind of set up, you, you need to start tracking your expenses each month and make changes where needed in order to stick to those kind of spending expectations that you've set up going forward. Um, so I know figuring out your finances can kind of be confusing sometimes, and it's really often kind of hard to know where to start. So, But that's really one reason that the 50-30-20 rule of thumb really works so well is because it's an easy way to get a handle on something that can otherwise be really overwhelming and intimidating when you have to sit here and pick apart each line item in your expense report that you can pull, you know, your monthly statements and things and try to categorize them. This means this is so much easier to just go through. Oh, need, want savings. Right. Um, So even if you don't take it any further, honestly, than just tracking how well you stick to these targets, it's just really good way to take kind of your financial pulse. Right. So if you do this and just say, where am I at? And you know, if you've got, you know, if you're spending fifty percent on wants, you know, and nothing, no problem, <laughs> nothing on savings and debt payoff. Well, okay, there you go. Now you know how to kind of start wiggling, making some wiggle room in there, and start kind of prioritizing some other things. Even if you don't continue to track month to month, this is a just a really good way to kind of again take kind of your financial pulse,
1: a reality check. Yeah. Well, I like it too, because especially if you're first starting out, you only have three categories to track. Mm-hmm. And you're right. When you're first starting out some of these other methods, <laughs> mm-hmm. it can be a little overwhelming to figure out the categories for, you know, you, all these separation and things. Now you just, I got my utility bill. I know where that goes. Mm-hmm. And we got, you know, you said your healthcare premiums. I know where that goes. I know where my mortgage payment goes. I know where my gas bill goes. I know mm-hmm. where my movie tickets go. Yeah. It's a, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by it, so we will learn more about the 50, 30, 20 budget method when we return with more good money moves with Jenna Tobel with First Alliance Credit Union here on News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9
0: FM. Good money moves continues in moments with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobel from First Alliance Credit Union. This is News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. We're talking good money moves with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobel from First Alliance Credit Union on Rochester's News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM.
1: Welcome back to Good Money Moves on News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Jenna Tobel with First Alliance Credit Union this morning talking about the 50-30-20 budget method. Well, everything you said before the break made a lot of sense. <laughs> I always have to ask, are there any caveats that uh, I have to watch out for if I use this budget method? Because, you know, it sounds perhaps maybe too simple. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, that is a good question and you know I would say like any methodology, it's not always going to be the perfect solution for every financial situation, but it is still a really good starting point, um, especially if you've never budgeted before. Um, but you are correct. there are some kind of I guess quote unquote, gray areas with this budgeting method that you you might want to think about or if you're struggling with it it might make sense why. So categorizing the expenses sometimes it can be kind of hard to sort out you're spending according to those three categories. Like, for example, yes, everyone needs to eat. But some groceries like snacks and soda may, you may want to try to categorize those into the wants category instead of the basic needs category. Um, And so if you start to kind of think about it on a more granular level, um, it can start to kind of get a little bit more confusing. um, And it's it's nothing wrong with breaking them out that way, but it's really just a matter of choice. But it is something that can kind of you can kind of get hung up on if you're trying to figure out, well, how do I really, truly spend my money? Where should yeah. I be cutting costs? Where should I be, you know, things like that. So that can be a little bit difficult sometimes. Um,
1: but on the other hand, you might start eating healthier if you start to think of it in that way as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there, I would definitely agree that there's nothing wrong with taking a close look and, and kind of digging into it that way. Um, but I, I would hate for somebody to get frustrated with it because they're getting hung up on this little piece. So there is there is some kind of categorizing of expenses that can be a little bit, uh, I'm not sure where to put this exactly from time to time. But
1: so, as you have pointed out before, the important thing is to get started with budgeting. Yes. So don't stress on that, right?
2: Right. Yeah, I would. Yeah. If it were me starting, um, I would just not worry about the line item in how much I'm spending on groceries and just say, okay, if I shopped at Walmart, it was probably for something like core grocery needs that I need to keep my family fed. And sometimes those those food needs are also just nice to have. So lump (laughs) that in, right? But the idea being, if you are spending you know if you realize that you've got you know 60 to 75% of your income is going to that um that that uh <laughs> needs category right. instead of the 50% you this this may be an area where you need to take a look at it and go well, what is causing that is it truly because i have taken on too much you know debt, too much responsibility from a need standpoint that I can't manage it? Or is there something that I'm bucketing in here that really could go to wants? And that's where you might want to take a look at, you know, things like your groceries, things like that you do have a little bit more control over, um, you know, how much your utilities to some standpoint, right? Are you shutting off lights and frequently enough? Are you, you know, that kind of stuff. So there is some digging into this that you can still do. The one area, though, where it can be really difficult to even do that is if you are kind of a very low-income family, right? If you're earning just enough to make ends meet the way it is, you are probably going to struggle really hard to save even 20% of your income regardless of how much you change your living and restrict your spending, um, especially when you're supporting a family uh, with a low income. So just... Kind of something to be mindful of there as well that, again, the 50-30-20 is very much a framework, um, but it's not perfect for every single financial situation, but it is a great place to get started. Still, And then I would also, you know, say that savings, you might not be doing enough of it, right? Because on the flip side of all this, if you have big goals like retiring early or buying a house in what might be a high income area, saving 20% might not cut it, right? So for example, let's say, you know, the average home price for a house in like San Francisco, right, is probably more than a million and a half dollars as of, you know, June of this year. So Huge amounts of money, right? So, or if you wanted amounts. to save 20% for that for a down payment, you would have to save $320,000. So, your down payment would be more than 70% of the total cost of an average price home nationwide as of last year. So, again, taking that into consideration, you only saving 20% of your income is not going to get you to that threshold.
1: You're going you to have just- to you just explained why so many people are leaving San Francisco at the same time.
2: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Honestly, it's really not a surprise that that's what that's at, but you know, it is just take it into context. If, if not, you know, it, the 20% is going to be a little, again, it's a target, but you might need more than that based on what your financial goals actually are. So, um, and then the other thing I would say is that you do still need to track your budget right so the the 50 30 20 budget rule is only one piece of the budgeting puzzle right bucketing it out into those groups it's good to shoot for these percentages but unless you track your spending along with it you're never going to know whether or not you're hitting them so there is still a need for ongoing expense tracking to ensure that you're sticking to those percentages so just again as with any kind of rule of thumb or methodology you're going to probably have to adjust it a little bit to really fit your specific circumstances.
1: That's true of all the different methods as well. It
2: is. Mm -hmm. Yep.
1: We need to take another quick break. We will return with more of good money moves and the 50, 30, 20 budget method. Jenna Tobel, first Alliance credit union with us this morning. A News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM.
0: Good Money Moves continues in moments with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union. This is News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM talking Good Money Moves with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM.
1: Good Money Moves. This morning we're talking about the 50-30-20 budget. Jenna Tobble with First Alliance Credit Union with us explaining this budget uh, method. Uh, Jenna, are there anything else, things we need to share with our listeners about this 50-30-20 budget?
2: Yeah, I would say there's, you know, there's definitely a few additional tips that I think is important to share. Um, And some of these are really relevant to any budgeting method that you choose as well. Um, But so really, I would say before implementing a 50-30-20 budget, it's going to be important to take kind of a long Hard look at your spending habits, right? Do you overspend on clothes, shoes, food, drinks, whatever it is? Like, take a look at your bank or credit union statement or your credit card statements over the last few months and see if you can find any kind of common trends in your spending habits. Because figuring out your spending vices from the very beginning is going to help you learn how to use the 50-30-20 budget more effectively to kind of help cut some spending where you need it the most, right? So if you kind of go into this knowing, you can do kind of that initial assessment 50-30-20. And then when you take, if things are not lining up, that's a really clear indication that you need to move some things around and that's when you need to take that really long hard look at those spending habits to help you kind of get that balanced back out um and the other thing i would say is to really take some time to identify any irregular or large ticket expenses that are going to fall into that wants category um because you know life is full of the unexpected and sometimes there's things we just can't avoid or that only come around once or twice a year, you still need to be prepared for how that's going to affect your budget, right? So maybe you need to make a repair on your vehicle or perhaps you're putting a down payment on a house in the next six months, right? So some oftentimes these are bills that are necessary expenses, but you do have to consider how you're going to factor them into your your budget going forward um, so that it doesn't throw things all out of whack um, unexpectedly. So when you're kind of coming up with your 50, 30, 20 budget, just take a moment to look at your calendar so that you can plan for these expenses and adjust your spending in time before and after you incur that expense, right?
1: Okay. Uh, So within one of the buckets, the want bucket, you could set aside a little miniature savings account within it in essence. If you know,
2: potentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, potentially. just
1: knowing that next month I've got to buy a new lawnmower, maybe I better keep 200 bucks of this month's wants set aside.
2: Yeah, yep. You could totally do it that way. Or the other way I would look at it is don't max out your 30%.
1: OK, you know, <laughs> or, right? yeah, it's so, the same way, but it's a better way to think of it. You're right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So just know that, OK, if in June I know that I've got, um, you know, maybe Father's Day is a really important day to your family and you do these huge cookouts and you buy gifts for your dad and, you know, you kind of go all out because it's a really important day for you and your family. Knowing that ahead of time and putting that on your calendar says, okay, I'm going to be spending extra in these areas. So to keep my budget in that 30% range, what do I need to not spend going sure. that month? So just really helping you plan ahead a little bit to be ready for some of those expenses.
1: The other one I was thinking about when we were talking about the income side of it, what if I, what if I work on commission? Like a lot of people do. Or they have hourly jobs that their hours fluctuate?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question. So really totaling your income is definitely that kind of important first step when you're learning how to budget, especially using that 50-30-20 rule. Again, like you said, it might not always be that simple. Right. So depending on your job, if you you might have that relatively steady paycheck or one that really does fluctuate month to month, you know, especially if you work for tips or are not a salaried worker. Um, So if that's the latter case, then collect your paychecks from the last six months and kind of find the average income between them. And if you can kind of at least get an average mark to work from. And just knowing that some months you may fluctuate a little bit, you know, maybe you're at 51% one month and 49% the next month or something, right? That little bit of fluctuation, as long as you're kind of within that good range, you're still probably going to be okay.
1: Okay. Excellent. I'm intrigued by this. It sounds like (laughs) for people just starting out, it seems like it'd be a great way to get going and maybe later on you'll shift to something else that's a little bit more complex and dialed in for you specifically, but it's Mm -hmm. to get people who are not budgeting, which is what 60 some percent of the population is not budgeting. (laughs) (laughs) So where can I learn more about this budgeting method, other budgeting methods and other good money moves?
2: Yeah, as always I encourage our listeners to visit our website at firstalliancecu.com, subscribe to our blog. That's where we release uh new financial tips and advice. We do that every week include we've Definitely got some blogs out there about this budgeting method and others if this is a topic of interest for you. Um, and then, of course, past episodes of this show, at, you can find those at FirstAllianceCU.com slash podcast or on Um, I would highly recommend that if you have listened to podcasts um, through your podcasting apps, you can find us uh on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Um, if, and if you love this show, please leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform for Good Money Moves. Um, and I would also just like to throw it out there, if you have a financial topic that you would like us to cover or questions you'd like answered about money on Good Money Moves, send me an email at marketing at firstalliancecu.com so I can find a way to get those questions answered for you. And of course... I strongly encourage you to reach out to our team at First Alliance Credit Union. They are experts at helping people get started making good money moves.
1: Perfect. Thank you, Jenna. We'll talk again next week. It's Jenna Tobel with First Alliance Credit Union. I'm Andy Brownell, and this has been Good Money Moves on Newstalk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM.